0: I invite you now to take a Bible and to open it to Psalm 31. If you're using one of the Bibles provided for you there in the pew, you'll find this on page 431. And this is Psalm 31. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. I hate those who pay regard to worthless idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will rejoice and be glad in your steadfast love, because you have seen my affliction. You have known the distress of my soul, and you have not delivered me into the hand of the enemy. You have set me, my feet, in a broad place. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and my body also, for my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones waste away. Because of all my adversaries, I have become a reproach, especially to my neighbors, an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me. I have been forgotten like one who is dead. I have become like a broken vessel, for I hear the whispering of many, terror on every side as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies and from my persecutors. Make your face shine on your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. O Lord, let me not be put to shame, for I call upon you. Let the wicked be put to shame. Let them go silently to Sheol. Let the lying lips be mute, which speak insolently against the righteous in pride and contempt. O how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you and worked for those who take refuge in you, in the sight of the children of mankind. In the cover of your presence, hide them. From the plots of men, you store them in your shelter, from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has wondrously shown his steadfast love to me. When I was in a besieged city, I had said in my alarm, I'm cut off from your sight, but you heard the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cried to you for help. Love the Lord, all you his saints. The Lord preserved the faithful, but abundantly repays the one who acts in pride. Be strong. And let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. And that'll conclude our reading of Psalm 31. <clears throat> if you've been with us as we've been going through the Psalms, uh, I wonder if you had an experience similar to mine in reading this one, uh, that there's times maybe when you're driving uh, around and you realize now you're, now you're somewhere that you're, you're looking around and you're saying, I feel like I've been here before. Or, or I've already read this before. Uh, this is, uh, again, things coming out that have already been addressed uh, in previous psalms. And that's true. David comes back to, to many different themes uh, again and again in the psalms. And in our lives, what we would like to think is we have these experiences, God teaches us a lesson, and then we move on from that lesson. And we don't go back. We just we sort of keep moving forward. Um, Just like we would in when we think back of our schooling experience like you're not in first grade anymore or second grade There's this sequential order of you learn things and you move on and you learn the next thing And there is a frustration therefore that we all experience when we realize oh no, I think I'm actually back in the same class I think I'm learning again something I've learned before or I think I'm wrestling with something that I've wrestled with before and that comes out in the Psalms that there is at times there's an intensity to challenges that overwhelms us. And surely David is expressing some of that. That there was an intensity to the challenges he was experiencing, that it affected him physically. The city that he had sought shelter in had been completely sieged. And so what he thought of as even protection wasn't proving to be protecting him. And It was affecting him all the way to his bones. He felt like his bones were wasting away. There's an intensity. David is a a leader of a nation. He's likely describing some form of military conflict. This isn't just David having a bad day. Uh, Emotionally, this is truly profound physical challenges that he's enduring. And so there's an intensity that can overwhelm us at times. But I submit to you there's also a way in which the frequency of challenges can overwhelm us. And so one of the first points that I'd like to highlight, and one of the main points from this psalm, uh, are the challenges of leadership. And by that I mean it is often the responsibility of leadership to just regularly deal with challenges. That's what it means to be in leadership, is to regularly and frequently deal with challenges. And while we might want to think we can handle a challenge and then move on from it, The reality is we usually move on from one challenge to another challenge and then to another challenge. And all of us eventually can be worn down by the frequency of it. And we need to be reminded that it's not something we just graduate from and move on never to face again, but that we are likely regularly going to encounter different kinds of challenges throughout the course of our life. the, the image that comes to my mind a few months back we had our kids at the beach and they, they loved taking advantage of being in the waves and if, as a parent if I just said oh you know they handled that one wave really really good and then you would say what about the other ones and so well, I wasn't paying attention for any of the other ones you'd say what do you mean you weren't paying attention for the other ones uh, to, to be on the shore and to encounter the waves is to know once you handle the one It's not long before another one's coming, and then another one is coming, and then another one is coming. And to watch over them and to care for them in that moment is to recognize this is going to keep on happening. And so, yes, for every individual one, we want to handle it well, but we also don't want to get worn down over time and get sloppy over time by the pace and the consistency of how it comes because the frequency at times, can also be another element that weighs us down. And David is a leader of a nation. Whether he was first a military leader while Saul was still the king, and then when he became the king himself, and then when his son tried to take over, becoming a king in his stead, in all those different journeys, we would look at David's life and just recognize: yes, there were moments of peace and calm, but those were moments. In between challenges, because leadership regularly involves dealing with challenges. Uh, One of the songs that our kids will now regularly, you'll hear sung in our home this past week, we're still doing a hymn of the week, and so the hymn this past week was, Oh, For a Thousand Tongues to Sing, but the most likely song you might hear being sung in our home right now is, uh, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For, (laughs) not because they listen to a YouTube album, but because they watch Sing To, uh, the film. And that song was featured in there. And when they heard the refrain, they caught it right away, and they keep on singing it. And in part, I think because it communicates what does seem like something we can utter in most areas of our life fairly often, that in the pace of life, in the everyday and ordinary challenges that we encounter, none of us have this sense of, Okay, we've reached the point where nothing else bad's gonna happen, (laughs) where no more challenges are gonna come our way, where where no more concerns are gonna throw us off, where no more prayer needs might uh, be sent our way. No, 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 We, we have good days, we have good moments, we have peaceful experiences, but there is something about life that just seems to include this regularity and frequency of dealing with challenges. So even if you wouldn't immediately raise your hand and say oh I'm a leader and so I do know what it's like to deal with challenges all the time I submit to you you are a leader (laughs) the first responsibility of leadership that we all have is over our own selves so here's the thing if you don't like dealing with frequent repeating problems you'll have a hard time handling yourself wouldn't you admit it that you struggle with the same things over and over again and that even comes out in this own psalm. David himself acknowledges part of what he is dealing with is his own sin. Is his own iniquity. And he's grieving that. He's, he's frustrated by that. But he recognizes that even as he's getting older and even as he's facing new challenges, one of his main challenges is still himself. It's probably one of his biggest challenges. And isn't that true for you and for me? I mean, you can take... Just a few principles of scripture and ask yourself if I look back on my own life and I say, you know, the times I've really been challenged and forced to consider, do I believe that godliness with contentment is great gain and I don't have to worry about finances? That it's godliness with contentment that's great gain, that I don't have to worry. If I have enough just for food and clothing, I don't have to worry about the rest. I can give you examples of times that that's a lesson I've really had to learn. But I'd also tell you, I've had to learn that lesson multiple times. And I don't know how much many more years the Lord will give me, but I absolutely believe I'm gonna learn that lesson many more times for however many more days he gives. But it can surprise you when you say, man, I feel like I'm still wrestling over with this basic reality of am I seeking first the kingdom and trusting that he's going to add everything else like we said together in our call to worship or am I still really living in such a way that man if I could just get control of this if I could just get ahead of this if I could have a little bit more then I think I could breathe easy then I think I could relax and regularly God has to teach me the same lesson over and over again to say It's not gonna be in as much as you're smart enough to take control or that there's a number out there that's just enough to stop worrying. You're gonna have to learn to trust him and to learn to do so again and again or when it comes to loving our enemies. And you think of the times where you get into conflict or things happen and uh, there's harm that's done and you can allow bitterness to take over your life. You can allow anger to dominate your thoughts and wish that somebody else gets treated the way you were treated and then be reminded by scripture to say, no, that's not a good place to make home. That's not a good state of mind and heart to live in and to dwell in, to simply fume in anger, bitterness and resentment. It is better to learn to cast those burdens on the Lord to to surrender to him and to be able to find a place of forgiveness where you don't desire any harm or ill towards another person and there again however many times I've had to learn that in my own life I do recognize however much longer the Lord would have me live and work and live uh, and move that that's going to be a lesson that keeps on coming to say do I trust him that it's not my responsibility to get revenge or justice on everybody or every situation, but I can rely upon him. And so David comes back to challenges again and again as he has this responsibility not only for himself and the leadership of his own heart and self-control, but also the challenges of other people. As a leader of the nation, if one issue gets solved, he knows that pretty quickly he has another problem that he's trying to address. And as we think about the people in our lives, most of us would say, yeah, there are certain relational dynamics or challenges that we might be facing that if we look ahead and just even forecast the next two years to the next 10 years, we might say, I think this is gonna be an ongoing challenge. This isn't just going to go away. We're gonna come back to here fairly often. The goal is that you not despair in that reality, but that we reset our expectations to say, yes, some challenges endure. And so we need encouragement from one another. We need support. We need to come back to the place of refuge in Christ and in him alone. But we need to remember that we're going to frequently face challenge and temptation Our kids this past week were watching the animated version of The Pilgrim's Progress. And it had been a long time since I'd read it and that I had never actually watched an adaptation of it to film. But as they were watching it, uh, I was surprised again by the story and thinking just sort of how out of step uh, that telling of the Christian life is with so many of our contemporary expectations which is, as the story is told, as Pilgrim moves on from the city of destruction towards the celestial city, is as I was even watching it with the boys, I myself was like, he's facing another challenge. (laughs) He's dealing with another temptation. There's somebody else who's trying to get him off the way. Isn't it that if you just get this far, it all of a sudden should become much easier once the burden's finally lifted off of his back? But then along the way as he gets closer and closer and then at times what the temptation comes is he's wondering how his wife's doing who didn't come with him and how his children are doing who didn't come with him. I just thought there is such a strangeness to the the way this story is told but I think it's endured for generations and generations because there's a truthfulness to it. That the longer we live the Christian life, if we're honest, we should be able to acknowledge that our own battles for self-control take a lot longer than we thought they would. We come back to them again and again. And also, in our desire to see change and growth and progress in relationships with other people and in serving them, it feels like the work is never done. There, is, there are not enough hours in a day and there is not enough progress in a lifetime to feel like we've made a huge dent against the kingdom of darkness and towards the kingdom of light. And if we don't have a category of of, of appropriate expectation for that, we can despair. If we come to Scripture and see David's honesty and openness with how regularly he revisits the same themes, it can be a, a comfort and an assurance to our heart to say, okay, I'm not the only one who feels like I'm in an ongoing battle, who feels like this is a real struggle that I come back to again and again and face. And so it's okay at times to be back where we started. It's okay to circle around. That's just part of how we're designed as creatures, right? This makes sense to us physically. You know you cannot eat a lunch big enough after church today to not need to eat for the rest of the week. You just can't do it. No matter how much you stuff yourself, how many calories you want to take in, you're designed that you take in a little bit every day, a little bit multiple times a day. And so if I say to you, do you know that if you live another year, you're still going to be hungry? Like you're never going to solve that problem. You're going to need food. You're going to need sleep. You're going to need friends. You're going to need rest. You wouldn't hear that and say, well, why should I live? So no, no, that's that's life. That's how it's designed. You're going to need those things. You need it right now. You're going to need it next week. You're going to need it 10 years from now. However long you have a body and I have a body, those are the things that we need. And spiritually, there's so much correlation that is revealed through these psalms because you're going to get discouraged this week something's going to happen that's going to throw you off and you're going to say, I just don't even think it's worth it. I don't know why we're doing this. We just keep having the same fight over and over again. We just, and all of a sudden, something's going to happen that makes you feel like you are right back where you were two years ago, 10 years ago. And you'll need to be reminded in that moment, don't despair just because you realize you need the same thing you needed before. The same grace of God that redeemed you is the same grace that you need to draw upon for whatever it is you're currently facing. And so ask God for his grace again. Ask him for his forgiveness again. Ask him to teach you again because he has not lost patience in teaching you and me as much as sometimes we lose patience with ourselves and patience with the situations that we're facing. But these are the challenges that we all regularly face in leadership. And this is what Psalm 31 highlights. But it also communicates, as we face the frequency of those challenges, the joys of surrender. The joys of surrender. David, as he is hard pressed by a variety of things, says again In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. You are my rock and my fortress and no matter what he's experiencing he comes back to God and recognizes uh, for all of his own giftedness and all of his own ability as other people would have looked at him and said David you're so strong and David you can do things that other people can't do David knew his primary joy was when God ultimately fought for him when God was the one who ultimately delivered him when he could acknowledge that the weight of leadership and the weight of the challenges were taking its toll and he could say, I'm not God and you are. And that's something, again, that we could say about each other today. You could just look at your neighbor and say, you're not God and I'm not God. Nobody ever asked you to be. (laughs) Nobody's expecting you to be. And that's okay. The good news is he is. And if we come to that place, not of giving up to the challenges that are around us, but in being surrounded by them from within and without, we can surrender ultimately to God and his purposes for us. We can say, God, teach me again whatever it is you're teaching me. Mature me, grow me up, strengthen me, make me better. Have your way with me. Uh, This is expressed in verses 14 and 15. David says, but I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. And he goes on, so make your face shine on your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. Let me not be put to shame, for I call upon you. And then later he describes when actually the city was completely sieged and he was afraid. Nope, this is it. God's not going to come through. We're done. I'm done. And then God did come through. And he lived another day, had another opportunity to place his faith and his trust in God. C.S. Lewis said, faith is something that we have to do every day anew as if we'd never done it before. Say, God, I'm I'm surrendering to you again. I'm trusting you with everything I have. I can't get all this work done in a day. I can't even do it all in a lifetime. But I believe your purposes for me are good. You are a refuge. You provide rest to your children. David said he's brought them out to a broad place. You want me to feel not like everything's closing in on me, but you want me to feel like there is room to breathe. I can face tomorrow as we sang about because of who God is and so when we come to that place of surrender we experience the joys not when our safety or security comes from physical things but when it comes from the Lord in the midst of those challenges that are around us and then lastly as Christians as we come to this psalm and we see that David went through this and he went through it again and again and again we're supposed to also be amazed that one would come later as a son of David, that he would willingly come and experience all of these challenges for you and for me. And so, understandably, we might look towards heaven and say, God, why do we have to go through all of these challenges? Why do they have to keep coming to us? But we also look to heaven and say, you who never have to go through these challenges, why would you come into them? Why would you come and be willing to experience them? Why would your son be willing to come and be himself so uh, regularly challenged by others? That he would say the same prayer on the cross that David prayed Into your hands I commit my spirit. That there's this complete surrender of the Son of God to the plans and the purposes of the Father. Even when that plan included his death for you and for me. Well, there again, the New Testament tells us it was because of the joys that were set before him that he was willing to surrender to what the Father laid out for him. If you have a Bible, you can turn to Hebrews chapter 12. This is where we'll finish this New Testament application of Psalm 31. Jesus, who exists eternally in a broad place and in safety and security, he was willing to come and experience the challenges that David went through, the isolation and the pain, the persecution for you and for me. And in Hebrews 12, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us And jump down to verse 12. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone, for the holiness without which no one will see God. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble and on and on it goes verse 18 for you have not come to what may be touched a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and voice whose words may the hearers beg that no further message be spoken for they could not endure the order that was given to them verse 22 but you have come to mount zion to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to innumerable angels and festal gathering and to the assembly of the firstborn enrolled in heaven and to God, the judge of all and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. So here the author of Hebrews is pointing us to Jesus who in joy surrendered to the cross to encourage us to not grow weary or faint-hearted, to strengthen up, to have courage as Psalm 31 ended as we wait upon the Lord for all of the challenges that leadership will bring toward us that we still recognize the joys of surrendering to him in the midst of it all. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And we acknowledge in our humanity and our frailty that it weighs us down to be challenged again and again. That when we've gone through one <laughs> set of problems to face another one, uh, in our humanness, uh, we need your grace because we need rest. We need sleep. We need food. We need strength. We need friendship. We need you to bring us into broad places at times. We need to sense the shelter of of you as our rock and our fortress. We need to see the answered prayers that we've uh, offered that we would not be put to shame. And Father, we thank you that you know all of those needs. And we thank you that you loved us enough that you entered into those needs and came into this world for each and every one of us, that when you could have avoided all of that, you surrendered to the plan of your Father for each and for every one of us. Oh Father, would you give us strength from that? Would you help us to not grow weary or faint-hearted in all the good things that you've called us to, that you will be with us for each and every day and each and every challenge, And so that we can have the the joyful assurance that we will endure, that we will persevere to the end by your grace and for your glory, we pray. Amen.